if you feel like you are not making as much money as you want, start giving things away and showing up. I gave away education. I gave away time. And I spoke that year in 2020, I was a guest on a hundred different podcasts. That giving gave me a foundation that I would never have had before if I was so focused on, but how am I going to make money with this exact thing? How is this going to bring me dollars today? Because then fast forward, because I gave so much, when people had money, I was the first person that they came to. All right, everyone. Joining me today is Alea Harris. She is the founder and business owner of Flourish Marketing, an agency dedicated to helping empire building creative entrepreneurs reach their full potential. She believes that all business owners should make good money doing what they love and supports her clients with highly converting marketing strategies. If you are a business owner and you haven't found your marketing niche, this is the person you need to work with. Uh, she also is really kind in letting me reschedule multiple times due to COVID conferences and childcare and a bad back, threw my back out. Um, and she's going to tell us towards the end how she was beaten by a shaman in the Amazon. But before we go there, Welcome, Alea. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I appreciate that. <laughs> She's also a Bay Area girl, just so you guys know. Yes. We both realize we're from the East Bay. So yes, that's a good yes. thing. Um, and both welcome. now in LA. So I know we're was clearly meant to be best friends. So obviously, obviously. start stalking each other on Instagram. <laughs> Her topic today is break out of the sea of sameness, yes. which is a fabulous title, but before you, we go into that, if I asked 10-year-old Alea on her way to school in Oakland what she wanted to be when she grew up, what would she have said? Would she have said marketing? No. Marketing for creatives. I want to do marketing for creatives and, and professionals. Um, no, I wanted to be, I have this memory where someone did ask me that. It wasn't on the way to school, but I, it was, I think at some party or something, it was an adult and I was standing next to my mom. And I said, with the, all the pride I had in my heart, I want to be a secretary. <laughs> and my mom looked at me like, where did that come from? It was that she, I guess her department secretary was like the nicest person I had ever met. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be just like her. And then a week later, I wanted to be a music teacher because I had a new music teacher who I loved. So if you want to know if you're making an impact on little kids by being a good person, you are. Just know that that impact might only last for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a time when I wanted to be an FBI agent because I saw this oh, movie nice. and there were two female lead FBI agents. I was like, I could be an FBI agent. And then after a week, I was like, oh, you have to like go to boot camp. <laughs> like, yeah, like really yeah. work out a lot. I don't want to do that. No. I know. It's like, as soon as you found something that you're like, oh, there's like work involved. Yes, involved in that, know you know, and I know there's that phrase, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I love mm -hmm. what I do. And I'll tell you what, I work hard. <laughs> I'm sure you can say exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. I don't really now then know. tell me the journey then into Flourish, creating Flourish Marketing. If, you know, 10 year old, what, where did she go after the dream of being she a go? secretary were diminished? <laughs> I, know, I know. I actually have never been a secretary, administrative <laughs> assistant. I've never, I've never had that job. So I never dreams got to unrealized. live I, it's, a, it's, it's an unrequited dream. Um, but I went into marketing. I went to USC, fight on. And then I uh, couldn't get a job because it was during the recession when I graduated. So I ended up working um at an apparel company, True Religion Brand Jeans in their corporate office in HR. I lasted for six months in HR before I went over to communications. And then I'm in apparel, then I'm in uh, cosmetics. And I'm like, gosh, this is not, this is not it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hawking $400 jeans that make your butt look flat. And <laughs> I just don't understand what I'm doing with my life. Then I got laid off, which was a blessing. 
And it didn't feel like that at the time. I was like, oh my God, I'm broke. I'm poor. Right. Um, but thank, thank, thank God for unemployment because I was able to ride out that wave. And my friend was over at my house and I was cooking and she was eating my food. She goes, you know, you should just go to culinary school. And I'm going to say that she had that suggestion because the food was good and could have been better. Not because it was like horrible. We're going to go right. with that version of the story. Okay. Okay. Um, so I did. I went to culinary school. I literally couldn't, I couldn't get a job doing anything. I applied to like 20 million jobs a day. I couldn't get a job doing anything. And it was the best thing that I ever did. And then in culinary school, I didn't quite know. I just was like, I'm going to work within a restaurant or have a catering company or something like that. But it wasn't a firm plan until a grumpy chef instructor gave me some of the best advice ever, which was, well, you know, you're going to like have to work for $10 an hour for 10 years before you ever are able to like do anything with yourself. And I'm like, uh-huh. that's not how I'm set up. I mean, no, I mean, that I'm doing math on my fingers and my toes. And I'm like, do you know how many facials that is not? exactly I don't know about that (laughs) so I ended up starting my catering company and private chef company while I was in school and when I graduated um, I got an agent as one does in LA everyone Mm -hmm. had their agents for almost anything you could find yeah mm-hmm. all things so I got a, a private chef agent and I ended up working um as Stevie Wonder's private chef and traveling all over the world with him and working as Bruce Willis's private chef and I'm laughing <laughs> more than ten dollars an hour <laughs> <laughs> real quick Stevie Wonder's favorite meal uh the meal that got me the job Ooh, better question and I didn't know who I was cooking for I went into this house that like the agent sent me to and I could tell that no one really lived there. like the, the furniture mm. was like staged furniture ah right yeah. and mm-hmm. I was like this is way too clean neat and tidy mm-hmm. someone's actual home um and I'm cooking no idea who I'm cooking for and I made braised chicken thighs and I believe it was mashed potatoes which my mashed potatoes are the best. I steam my potatoes instead of boiling them or baking them. I'm just saying, oh. try it. You might like it. Okay. Um, it helps them with, it helps with the consistency. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and pro tip. I, but pro tip, you didn't know yeah. you were going to get cooking tips on this episode. <laughs> and then I'm cooking and my back is to the, the kind of like, I guess I would have been the garage door. And then I hear it open. I'm like, oh, whoever the client is, is coming in. This is great. And I turn around and he's like 10 inches from my face. And I was, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad he cannot see this reaction right now. (laughs) I was not, I didn't know who I was expecting, but that was not it. I didn't expect to know the person. There's a lot of people that have private chefs that are not famous. They just have money. Sure. And he was the kindest, sweetest person. And he ate the food and he said that it reminded him of his mom's and it made feel good on the inside. And I got the job. Wow. That is the best compliment ever. Yes. And that, that moment and then subsequent moments of cooking and helping people feel good through food made me realize that that's what I wanted to do. Not necessarily through food. I don't cook anymore. My husband actually does most of the cooking. Thanks, babe. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> but I want people to feel good through what I do. I want to use what I do as an excuse to make people feel loved, to make people feel like the better version of themselves, to make people feel like they can do it, whatever it is. So that the medium has changed. Like it was food. And then I was a corporate marketing executive. Um, And then now in this business, it's marketing strategy and copywriting, but that is still just an excuse like to almost like get you in my clutches and love on you and help you gotcha. about yourself. So the containers just changed. The, con- <laughs> the container changes. That's all. Yeah. You're still nourishing these relationships with your clients. It's just now boxed in a, a prettier box. That's yeah. interesting. So then with you made the transit. Yeah, for sure. And dishes alone <laughs> would make me go be an online entrepreneur. Um, so then you move into marketing. Did you when you were starting out, did you specifically seek out creatives or was that just kind of like when actually I sought out wedding and catering and event professionals. So when I I was in my corporate gig, um, I got laid off February, 2020. 
And I said, I had already started the business. It was it looked totally different than it does now, but I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, girl. I'll go out there. I'm going to be a business owner. And I was speaking at a conference that it, it did not fall flat on me that this was the conference that when I was in culinary school, I posted on my vision board that if I could just attend one year, I would feel like I had made it. And I've spoken there four times. Wow. And it was like, oh my God, I'm here at this conference and I had a booth. Um, and it was March, 2020. And it was the oh. day that the governor shut down all of the states and said, you cannot have events. And at that time, my company was called Food and Beverage Media and Marketing. And I was marketing only to wedding catering and event professionals. I'm like, WTF. Yeah. <laughs> so about those events. About those <laughs> events. If y'all don't have any money, I don't have any money. Um, and luckily, I was guided by uh, my publicist at the time to give. And that in general is great advice. It's great advice as we go into the recession. It's great advice um, if you feel like you are not making as much money as you want, start giving things away and showing up. I gave away education. I gave away time. And I spoke that year in 2020. I was a guest on a hundred different podcasts inside of the industry and outside of the industry. Wow. I was recording podcasts like they were going out of style. Um, and trying to keep it fresh for each one was a bit of a challenge, but I figured it out. Right. Yeah. And that giving gave me a foundation that I would never have had before if I was so focused on, but how am I going to make money with this? Exactly. How is this going to bring me dollars today? Because then fast forward, because I gave so much when people had money, I was the first person that they came to. And when people were looking for speakers, they had already seen me speak or I'd already, already spoken for free. And then this year I won speaker of the year because I had spoken so much, right? Yeah. You're top of mind. Yeah. It was You're the one that like, when can I work with her? Let me yeah. just put a pin in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I continue to, that's how I operate. It's like, how can I give? It's not always about being immediately transactional. It's more about being relational. I love that. And when you were first at that, you know, point where you were giving um, a lot of your expertise, a lot of your knowledge, at one point, did you decide, okay, I need to start charging. So I'm giving you this amuse-bouche culinary. Here's my amuse-bouche with being on a podcast, speaking on something. How would you recommend, when did that conversion to like, oh, now I'm ready to hire? How many, you know, seeds, I guess you had to plant to kind of see the fruits of all that labor. I always had a product I was selling or could sell. So it wasn't like I went out and I just was like, I don't have anything to sell. I had a low cost membership that folks could funnel their way into automatically. And I started noticing when that became more of a, of a no brainer sell, mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, let's, let's, give another product that's at a little bit of a higher price point. Okay, now let me ask my audience, what is it they need right now? Let me write down their questions and their problems and ask them straight up, how much money are you willing to pay for this? Like I, I'm a big fan of market research using the audience that you have because what I was doing the whole time is building my email list. So I had, by the end of the year, I went from zero to about 3000 people who would eventually either buy from me, refer from me, unsubscribe. We're not talking about those people. You don't want those people anyway. You don't want those people anyways. Mm -hmm. But building the audience and then asking them questions and developing products that fit what they needed helped me get that revenue in. So it was never, I was never not selling. Something was available, but it was about serving and then selling. Selling. I and then that. like now um, our audience has shifted. And so we're doing audience building again because we, I made a strategic decision to make, give a uh, more robust products, but only two products. So we had like 15 because that was like, okay, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And then I had to figure out as a business owner, I don't like that or this or that or that. And I sure. stripped it all away. So now we offer two things. You can do messaging strategy or you can work with us for a year long retainer. Um, those products 
are a much higher price point for our our audience that has grown. Some have grown to be able to work with us on in that way, and others have referred us to people who can. So we're working with larger companies. That's so exciting. It's about evolution and not and realizing that no one knows what the heck they're doing. So why should you? So as opposed to thinking you're supposed to know right now, just ask questions. Like someone, I don't know who started the lie that like when you became a business owner, you also became omnipotent. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, if you drank that Kool-Aid, give me some. Cause I sure was as heck would like to know a lot more than I do, but yeah. I just ask a lot of questions. You're, well, you're, you're authentically curious, I think. And I think anyone who's in marketing has to be curious that anyone who's good at it anyway, you have to be curious about the market. You have to be curious about competitive brands. You have to be curious about getting to know your clients and everything. And if you go in saying, Hey, I know it all, then you stay static, right? You're not going to move forward or anything like that. I think that's part of the reason why I created this podcast during the pandemic, because I was like, well, I'm curious all about, I would read something. I'm like, well, I want to know more, you know, so I created a podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's chat. Um, I love that. Now, if I'm a business owner, I am a business owner, but let's, for example. (laughs) I was like, um, it doesn't feel like a reach to me, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm a professional Olympic swimmer and no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But what do your clients, what are they feeling? What are they kind of struggling with before they're like, I need flourish marketing? They're frustrated because they're tired of competing on price. They're tired Mm -hmm. of not having a very good answer to why would I choose you over your competitor? Ooh, they hear Uh, that a lot, creatives. a A lot, because I mean, how many graphic designers are there? How many photographers, photographers, we work with lawyers and therapists, med spa owners. I mean, the meds, the med spa people that it's like, they always come to me. Like, we just need to tell people that they're not going to look like the cat lady and we won't paralyze their face. I was like, that should just be like the cost of entry. Like that's not marketing. (laughs) I know that should be like a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like Botox, like we will not maim you. Like let's, that's not we're gonna lead with this <laughs> med spas the ones that make you look pretty not right. ugly. <laughs> like no we're gonna no. i think we could dig a little deeper <laughs> right. um so what we do is we take those leaders they're already leaders they're already doing well but they're now they're looking around they're like how do I become a legend? How do I become known for something that I own that at the end of my life or my entrepreneurial career, people look back and they're like, oh, Carrie Murray, she made me feel this way. She really owned this content. I, When I went to a, a bra network event, I was transformed in this way, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people though, when I say, well, you're already a legend, they're like, Go on. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, you are. We just need to pull out that story. And when you do that, you become uh, incomparable. You, you, you're you not competing on price because people are like, well, that's not even the same, the same thing. Like Dang, there's right. Uber and then there's like your cousin over there that like say, hey, can, can get in my car? Like that, those are two different <laughs> things, right? Right, right. <laughs> The, first, the second one sounds a little creepy. So <laughs> that's what we we help people do. Unearth their story, becoming radically authentic using energy, um, recalibration and bio um, energetic work to figure out who the heck they are, then figure out very clearly how to write that down and then translate that to the general public. So you do have competition in the sense that when people are typing things into Google search, right? There's other businesses that will come up, but when they land on your business, there's like, oh, this is the one thing that I've been searching for my whole. Yeah. I think it's, I think you touched on something that um, I don't hear a lot in the kind of marketing space is like doing the inner work, doing the work on yourself before you can, do you have a lot of clients that come in that you have to support with that inner work, is it part of working with you or is it just it's like, just part go of it. talk to the, it is, it's just kind of part of your ethos. Some people are like, I mean, I'm good girl. I just need an email sequence. I'm like, girl, you're not good girl. <laughs> you need much more than an email sequence. <laughs> I just need a funnel. 
I just need a funnel. Give me the funnel. I mean, yeah, give you a funnel, but that funnel is going to become outdated and trite in about three months. And you're going to spend our funnels when we did, we don't do standalone funnels anymore for this reason, because I just saw, I was like, this is not how, what people need our funnel. If you want a full funnel, you're going to spend 15, $20,000. Okay. And then you're going to do that again in three months, because all of a sudden you've now rediscovered something in yourself or it's not working because it sounds like somebody else. That's silly. Why don't we first tap into you and who you really are, clear the stuff that's holding you back, clear the thing that's preventing you from selling your product or service at the rate that you should be. And then we'll build your funnel. Mm -hmm. You have to to run, walk before you can run. A hundred percent. And in good shoes, the, the idea of building a funnel, I know for a lot of st- entrepreneurs that are first, start, first starting out, they get their MailChimp and they get their, you know, Squarespace account and then they create their funnel. Um, and then eventually, I mean, it, maybe their first year or second year, they realize this is crap. <laughs> like this, this is no bueno. I thought I could do it, but it becomes more of their job to create this funnel. Um, wh- when people are struggling with that, do you think it has to do with the fact that they haven't really identified what's going on inside, that they have this kind of, their messaging isn't clear. So they're frustrated by funnels. I could do a yes. whole podcast on frustrated funnels. Funnel, frustrated funnel. There's lots of reasons. Sometimes it's the tech um, yeah. that frustrates people. But often if you have writer's block or the question that I get is, well, how do I figure out what to write every single week? That means that you have, you don't have a strategy. And you're just picking random stuff out of the air. Like it's not supposed to be like that. You're always supposed to be driving through your, your ownership of that, of that space. So let me, let me give you an example. Please. So we own radically authentic messaging strategy and copywriting, right? That's the only thing we talk about, but that's actually really broad because if you, there's lots of words in that sentence, what the heck does radical authenticity mean? I can have have a whole podcast series that touches on that. That's also social content. That's one pillar of our emails that go out every week, right? Then you talk about uh, messaging strategy. Well, what does that even mean? You can break that down. And once you have your content strategy and you know that everything ladders up, to this overarching theme. And then in that overarching theme, that's what your products are. The funnel becomes less work and more of every time I send an email, I'm giving people the new idea, the paradigm shift, the solution to their objection to work with me. Because I talk about the same thing over and over and over. Then you get excited to write those emails because you're like, this is a money email. Because someone might not buy on this exact email, but now whatever that little grain of sand was that was in their shoe that was rubbing on them on working with me, that's this could be the email that that gets removed, right? Another thing about email, while we're talking about it, please stay out of grown folks business. You tell (laughs) you don't know when someone will buy from you. Stay out of their business. You don't know if now's the right time. You don't know if they're going to buy from you in two years from now. Keep emailing them. If they're opening your email, they're engaging with them. Keep emailing them because I have had people that have been on my list for two years, never heard that from them. Never. Then they hop on a call with me. They talk to me like, they know me because I've been sharing my life with them for two years, never heard anything back. Definitely a one-sided conversation. And then they buy. And I was like, so so, what questions do you have about our services? They're like, oh, none. I just wanted to talk. Um, uh, send me the invoice of the contract because I'm good. I just, you know, wanted to hear, like, see, talk to the person behind the emails, right? Right. Well, you've been so, nurturing them this whole time. Been nurturing them this whole time. And the the catch is that when they get on the call with you, you should be the same person as in their emails, right? Mm-hmm. So don't write fake emails or don't show up fake on the call. Be the same radically authentic person. Now is the time to share stuff that you wouldn't normally share. Now I'm not talking, okay, let me, okay. Let me back up for a second. Cause I heard how that sounded. <laughs> <laughs> don't share all the nasty nitty gritty bits. Don't get all emo on people and, and put your negative energy on them. That's not what we're talking about. 
But like right now, before we started recording, I didn't get to finish this week's email yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I was, I have a list of like three or four things of all of the, the, some of, not all of the things that today are making me feel, it's only at this time of recording, 11.45 in the morning, all of the things that are making me feel like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, anybody what's else? One of them? Yeah. What's one of the things that make you feel that way? Do you know that I still don't really know how to fold a fitted sheet? I'm 35 years old. <laughs> Does your husband? <laughs> what so, do you guys do? Just roll it up? We try our best and it kind of ends up like a little ball and we just put it away. Because you know, things that need if to only there was this place on the internet where you could watch videos of people I'd doing the, things. I'd watch the videos. And I'd no, watch- still... <laughs> I try, I do that. I even like, you know, Marie Kondo it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's for my hands over crossing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not a skill of mine. Okay. We can't be great at everything. Can't be great at everything. And so that. it's like, that's what I mean about being more vulnerable. Not like don't overshare, but still yes. be the same person. And now- I agree. Now, all of you know that I don't know how to fold a fitted sheet. Yeah. I think there's also a, a difference between vulnerability and TMI. <laughs> like, yeah. And there are times when I appreciate that, even in something as simple as an Instagram post or something, mm-hmm. you know, a, a reel or something where they show vulnerability or they show, I don't have all the answers as I prefer that content or I'm the fucking badass person who knows everything and I don't need to learn anything from anybody. Oh, I know. <laughs> that and it's a balance because you want to show up as the guide who can lead people through what they need to be led through because you've been there done that right but there's also especially from the type of person I am and the content that I have being radically authentic is a lifelong thing it doesn't just like stop like like I didn't like go up to heaven get a gold star about being radically authentic and come back down to teach you all I know like that's not how that works it's, it's right. a journey. So I have done a lot of work. Like you were talking about being beaten by a shaman in the Amazon. I've done lots of work <laughs> around it. So I have a lot to teach, but the biggest gift I give most people is letting them know that they're not alone and that however mm-hmm. they are feeling is okay. Yeah. I, I know some stuff and I can help you and have the certifications and all of that, but we are all still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you're also a good teacher if you can recognize that. Um, so that's really important. So as opposed to telling your clients, you're teaching them, you're yes. showing them. Mm-hmm. Love that. Now, speaking of funnels and emails and sequences and all the kind of back end, um, when you're building those, you know, should they run on autopilot? Should they be a system that's just as people come in, they're just like in the funnel, riding it like a water slide, or do you check data? How, how, how much do you leave it alone and not look at it? And how much do you use that data to inform your next funnel or? You always use the data to inform it. It goes back to what we were talking about before about being curious, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to straight up ask the question because the numbers aren't going to tell you. So like, my email sequences get um, a 50 to 55% open rate, which is quite large wow. for. Yeah. God, I need oh. to be on this email list. <laughs> They're quite good. Let me tell you, <laughs> quite good. But then I was like, yeah, but sales are flat. So what is the deal? And then I looked at our past email sequences and I realized that I was chatting so much I wasn't actually talking about products. Like I was like, we probably should send a sales email out at some point in time and get people to like, remember what we actually do for a living rather than just chatting up. Right. Right. So here's my blog. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is great. That's why people are opening emails, but because I know that they're going to basically be edutained. They're going to be educated and entertained at the same time. And I have great resources and that's all that is wonderful. But money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, it at least doesn't for me. If you have a money tree, send it my way. Um, I, you need to ask for the sale. 
And once we looked at that and then we're like, okay, well, how do we then structure our email sequences so that we're asking for the sale on a more regular basis? So I would not recommend winging it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I am writing this week's email the day before. That is not a normal circumstance for us. I'm normally more on top of it than that. But like when we have a lead magnet, so lead magnet is a free piece of information that someone downloads in exchange for their email address. When we have a lead magnet, those email sequences that they get are automated. So people download our lead magnets all day, every day, and they're hearing from us immediately with relevant information that solves problems and deals with objections. And the goal is at the end of that six part sequence for them to book a call with us. It's, you have to keep in mind that part of being authentic is saying, I am great with being your friend. We can big kick it on the weekends, but I'm also a business owner. And this is a transactional based relationship. It's not just, we're not just girlfriends. We can't be, and that's cool. But But. I'm going to ask you to buy from me (laughs) (laughs) multiple times. So if you're on my email list, you will have me asking you to buy things, right? Mm -hmm. But hopefully if I'm doing my job, you see why you need those things and why you'd want to buy them from me. It's not spam. You've opted into hearing about these things. Sure. Speaking of that, how can one get on your email list? Uh, I heard you have a fabulous freebie for the listeners. You you like that transition? I did. Smooth like so. To get on my email list, one of the the best ways is to download one of our freebies. And you can go to flourishmarketing.co slash revamp, revamp, R-E-V-A-M-P, to download our newest, latest, and greatest freebie, which is called the three ways to revamp your brand messaging to stand out from the competition. So it touches on the things that we've talked about inside of this episode so that you can stop fading in the background and learn how to leverage your marketing to land your dream clients. So flourishmarketing.co slash revamp. Love that. And we're going to put it in the show notes too. So if you're driving right now, don't click it right now. Pull over, park, then click on the freebie. <laughs> Safety first. Safe. Safety first. Yes. Um, what do you think is, I don't want, the biggest mistake you see in messaging, whether it be in an email sequence and on their website, I'm assuming you do copy on all, all the places. What's the biggest mistake you see? Copying and pasting. Oh, and it's like copy paste, little tweak. And why is that? Let's look, let's ask, are we just evil plagiarizers? No, that's not what the intention is of people. It's fear. That is a fear-based decision. You see someone's website, local guru on the internet that seems to have it all together and they're doing it right and you're wanting to do what they're doing. So then you basically just kind of like, see if you just fall into their lane and use their same copy, it's got to work out, right? No, they're already doing it. So what are you going to do that's different? And, And it's not saying that you can't, follow, you know, a similar framework. Like I love Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. Amy Porterfield was one of the very first people that I followed. Mm-hmm. I followed and she, Yeah. And she taught me how to make courses. Now, am I going to go out and be the Amy Porterfield that teaches people how to make courses? And no, that's, she's, she's got it on lock, right? Mm-hmm. She's doing great pretty good. at it. Yep. <laughs> pretty good at it. So I'm going to go and use her framework and the knowledge that I gratefully glean from her to go do my own thing, right? And to not become a carbon copy. Um, You owe it to yourself to not become a carbon copy. And you know who you also owe it to? Me and Carrie, because Mm -hmm. we all need you to be you so we can benefit from the unique things that only you can give. And it's hard in the beginning when you don't see how it's going to work, or it's hard in the messy middle when, you know, all the crap's hitting the fan, or it's hard when you feel stuck or stagnant, it's not working, but it is working as long as you stay true to what you uniquely are supposed to be doing in the world. And what, yeah. And your message should reflect you. Um, I recently had an instance when uh, a friend brought to my attention that someone they were in a funnel with was using my same emails 
they were copying Ooh, the same email. The same. Oh. Yeah. The structure of it. And they just, they swapped out a photo and just kind of, I mean, it was like verbatim my email sequence and everything. And unfortunately it was someone I knew. So, um, I was just like, Ooh, wow. me in the back and twisted around, man. That's right. Rough. I was like, well, that, that, and people are like, that's flattery. I go, no, you know, how much money I spent building this funnel and, and marketing and photography and all the things. Um, so I said something to her. Um, I was just and like, what hey, did she I, say? I was just so inspired by you. I can that's take it That's not down. inspiration. That's plagiarism. No, that's plagiarism. And it that's says copy right at the- Copyright infringement is actually- yeah, Right at the bottom of this website, it says copyright. So um, she has since- didn't make any money. So, you know, so I had the one conversation with her, let her be, keep doing what you're doing, see what happens. She's now completely out of business um, and doing something else. I don't know, but. Um, well, because but that it, messaging it, is your message. Exactly. You, not it's about Carrie like Murray. Yeah, it was a little shocking at first. And I really had my boo-boo lip out just like, mm. I'm but sure. action is, and a plan is what kind of gave me resolution. Um, and I realized you can try to be me, but you're not going to be me. You're not going to be me. No. Um, and I'm sure just to bring it back to, you know, your true authentic self, being curious in your messaging, um, when people are blocked by that, what's, what advice do you give to people who are like, I can't write, I, I, I don't find, I can't find any inspiration. How do you get them to like, go and get it done? Go and get it. I don't, I do the opposite. Um, I, you need to go inside to find your, your, the message that goes outside. So, um, I promise I'm not trying to give away freebies like they're, like they're going out of style, but we have a, a recalibration guide at flourishmarketing.co slash recalibrate. That's 25 pages that basically touches on that exact answer to that question. Amazing. It's, we didn't even plan this. We didn't plan this. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm really, this I promise. Is what, this I'm person to- who copied me needs. The person who copied me was, did not do the inner work, did not say to herself, what problem do I want to solve? What do I want to build? Oh, here, it's already built. I'll just copy it. No, they and need that's not gonna, no wonder it didn't work for her, right? Yeah. Because it, right. that's not her. So I would recommend a couple of things. One is forgiveness. So usually when you are in that place, you've already judged yourself so much that you are stuck and will continue to be stuck. So there in that recalibration guide, there's an exercise called forgiveness and light. And it's speaking forgiveness into a candle. And the very first thing I encourage you to say is I forgive myself for judging myself. And you, then you, you let her rip with the rest of your forgiveness. And in the end, you say, I forgive myself for forgetting that I'm divine. So that you realize that you have already all of the information that you need. Another option is free form writing. So if you sit and you're writing a, a email or a social post and it's like, oh, this blank page, often it is your, your subconscious wants to tell you something else. And you're like, no, no. It's like that kid, mommy, mommy, mom, 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 mom. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And the kid will not stop until you turn around and like, sweetheart, <laughs> darling. What can I, what can I do for you? Right. Right. That sometimes is your unconscious and your subconscious, but it's a little more powerful than that kid because it has the power to block you from really being able to do anything else until you pay attention. So you need to give it voice to shake up your creativity. So if you've ever heard of morning pages, um, this is sort of similar, but you are going to write it and rip it up. So you write at the speed of your hand uh, normally. You have a thought, you wait for your hand to finish, then you have another thought, then you write it and wait for your hand to finish. This flips it. You're writing at the speed of your thought. So you might not finish the word, you might not finish the sentence and you're just letting it go, but you have to hand write it. This is not typed, handwritten. And that kinesthetic connection between you and your subconscious will begin to flow. And you want to say all of the things that you feel like you can't or shouldn't say. I actually hate writing emails. Why am I writing this funnel? Am I ever going to make any money with this? I'm trying this new thing. All right. Is this radically authentic? I was radically authentic yesterday and I'm not authentic today. And I'm beating myself up for it. Whatever it is, you write it down, write it, write it, write it, write it. Love it. And then you rip it up, you burn it, don't read it. I even do it with my eyes closed. It doesn't need to be legible. 
right? You, then you're, you're, you're cracking open those creativity blocks. So then you can sit down and write your email um, from a place that's a little more inspired and insightful. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I love that. So true. I'm a former teacher. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of students would get blocked with like, okay, you know, writing a narrative or something like that. They can write expository. I can tell you, you know, how to make a cell phone work or how to whatever, but right. if I had to write a narrative. We would have to have a moment prior to that. It was just like, right, 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 right. I never thought about throwing it away. That's a smart idea because yeah. then there's no like ownership of it. You could be like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I never have to see it again. Yeah. yeah. And I can write whatever I want. No one can judge me, including myself, because no one's ever going to read it. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really, that's a, a really great way to give permission for your clients to like, you know, kind of as they're like toddlers learning to walk, fall down and get back up and yeah. not, I just think writing blocks so many people. Um, and that's why so many don't have robust email lists or mm-hmm. funnels or sequences because they, they get blocked by the writing. Yeah. And you don't have to write books here. You don't need to be a war and peace in these emails, right? (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. No one wants to read all of that. (laughs) Simple. Keep them short. Keep them engaging. Throw on some humor. Put in a meme or a gif, right? It's it's not so heavy and it should be so heavy. Now, before we get carried away, I have Uh one one more question about your emails. What do you think leads to that click-through rate being so high? Do you have a, you know, like a great PS? Do you have like hyperlinks everywhere? What's, what's... So we did mm-hmm. a lot of subject line AB testing and we still do um, to see what resonates with the, uh, our audience, like what makes them open, mm-hmm. what makes them interested. It's usually not clickbaity stuff. It's like, oh, this is actually going to help me. Let me open that up. Right. Um, so that leads to the high open rate and the engagement rate is one idea per email don't try to talk about all the things I don't like newsletters it's too much Mm -hmm. especially like that's it's a very um narcissistic way of marketing I like to think I'm marketing to narcissists with short attention spans is it about me have you made it about me in the past five seconds can you make it about me again oh I'm sorry (laughs) I'm not going to read this because it's not about me right (laughs) but if you are marketing with five million things in that email that's just you saying you're trying to like you should be paying attention to me it's like they have an inbox of like 50 other emails dude like you are not the top of their list so keep it to one idea and if you can keep it to one link or the same link repeated a couple of times right as opposed to and then we're doing that and then we're doing this and then we're doing that it's like whoa you lost me at thing two you're like oh maybe i can only include five notes you lost me a thing too. include one thing. And if you really have multiple links, like, so you don't get this and you're going to get on my email and then you'll get my email tomorrow. I'll be like, Leia, you have three links. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know, but I have a controlling idea. And the three links are resources to help, you know, solve that controlling idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is still all about the one, one concept, one controlling idea of each email. And that controlling idea relates to a problem that you solve for your overarching theme of what you have, what you own as your thought leadership. Wow. Love that. Okay. I literally, I'm thinking, ah, that last email I sent out had a whole shit ton of links. <laughs> it was about the conference though. I have to say, it's like, here's the link for parking. Here's a oh, link well, that's to- different. <laughs> yeah. That's like, they're, like, they're going to, you need all the information. <laughs> Cause then they'd In be one like, place. I don't know what to do. Like that's, that's yeah. I still got that. <laughs> yeah. I still get that. So regardless of the links or not, you're like, did you read the email? I bet you'll get a lot of information out of it. Wow. This has been really, really great. So much great nuggets of knowledge and wisdom. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, now let's get carried away. Okay. Um, Tell me first three things that um, you are absolutely obsessed about. Maybe it's something you discovered during the pandemic. Maybe you one of those people that was baking or doing TikToks or Netflix. Like what, what's the three things right now that you are really carried away about? The three things that I'm carried away about now, uh, one is couch time with my husband. time. I know that sounds so like cheesy, but like, if we don't get TV time at the end of the day, the whole, like it's, it's off. Even if we're like hanging out, doing something else, we have to sit down. It's like, but it's 
but it's TV time. I understand. Like what else could we you have that? My husband and I have that too. Right. It feels it's, nice. Mm-hmm. And it's I promise my whole time. life does not revolve around my husband, but the second thing is still husband oriented. We, in the pandemic, it's the two of us here. We're both working. We're working from home. So we had a lot of time together. <laughs> and this is, this is even more cheesy, but every night because my husband goes to bed later than I do, he tucks me in oh. and I'll like get ready for bed. And I'm ready for my tucky tuck and he'll come and he'll tuck me in at night. I'm obsessed with it. I can't sleep without it now. Like when I travel and I call him before I go to bed, I'm like, this virtual tucky tuck is not, not the same. Not the same. Is he at the same time getting that fitted sheet around the bed? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Once it's we can get it on the bed. On you just can't fold it. You just can't fold it. <laughs> can't be great at everything. <laughs> can't be great at everything. That's I right. can't do fitted sheets, but man, if you need marketing strategy, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Bed Bath and Beyond for that fitted sheet. Right. Tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not the one. I'm not. I'm not the one. Love it. Do you have another one? Oh, the third thing is a newer obsession. Um, and it's a, a group obsession because I am currently at the time of this recording about eight months pregnant. So congratulations. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm obsessed with watermelon, blueberries, Ooh. sharp white cheddar cheese, and cliff bars, but only two, two kinds of cliff bars because I'm allergic to nuts. And they're all, I've only found two that are that have nut, are nut free no and nuts. brownie one and the chocolate chip one and Yum. they're filling and you can put them everywhere i have a cliff bar ev- everywhere and yeah you can talk to me about all oh, the sugar and this you know I'm what i'm talking about that <laughs> i'm a hungry pregnant woman and i'm gonna eat what i'm gonna eat <laughs> congratulations that is so so exciting thank you when are you due november 5th I am due on November Scorpio 5th. or Libra? Scorpio. Scorpio. So if she's early, she might be a Libra. No, no, not Libra. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Libra. Uh, late October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, late October. Um, But, you know, I want her to cook in there for as long as she needs, which probably means that she'll be a Scorpio baby. But that's is it your first. Yeah. If Is it your first baby? It's our first baby. Oh, she ain't going anywhere. She's going to get real comfy. Real comfy in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's fine with me because mm-hmm. um, I'm a business owner and I have some things to do first. <laughs> yeah, I got some things to talk about those funnels. <laughs> Automation. Wow. All of the things. That's so exciting. Congratulations. That's really, if I could give you one advice um, as a mom, um, don't take other people's advice. Trust your gut. Be fine. That's, I think, going to be the best advice. And I'm glad you didn't give me a horror story like most people do. I don't know what that's about. Do you love it when you tell people, you know, you're you're expecting your baby and they're like, just wait. Oh, it's going like, to be rough. It's the worst so thing hard. ever. I was like, are you going to do you have job? kids? You have two kids. Like, yeah. why do you, if it's that bad, you did it. Also, you're like, if you did it, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely, you'll do be it. fine. Cool. Trust your gut. Just trust your gut. I love um, that. yeah, just trust your gut. You'll, you'll be fine. Um, and sleep training is a must, but uh, 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 worry about that later. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. See? So then let's go the other way. What are things that people are obsessed about that you can't stand? For example, mm. I can't stand camping. I don't know why people do it. Camping to me is a hotel without room service. Yeah. No camping. A lot of dirt. I used to camp. I liked it as a kid. Yeah. And now I'm like, I've seen too many two tr- true crime. That's what it is. I watched way too much true crime. You're like, go camping. resemble a lot of these victims. <laughs> so I, where's the luck? Just not gonna do it. No. Um, I can't stand coffee. Oh, I know it's actually very bizarre because I actually used to be a coffee snob. I mean, coffee tasting of this espresso. This one has the flavor of the forest, and <laughs> that was me. And probably I got too snobby for my own good, and the universe was like, "Nah, girl, we done with you." Mm. Um, and one day I woke up and I was just sm- this is before it's pretty years ago. Uh, woke up, smelled the smell of coffee, and I was like what is that vile hot mess and I can't say I can't I I have a hard time walking into a Starbucks really like it's that that smell is that or I can't I can't do my husband does pour over and like I have to like open the windows yeah so I can't do coffee can't do coffee 
going to be interesting with a newborn, but you know, <laughs> tea. I love, like tea? I adore okay. tea. I adore okay. tea. So we're going to lean into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Things that I can't stand that everybody else can. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, there's TikTok dances. I just, yeah, I can't do that. I can't. No. <laughs> um that's yeah. a big one that's a big one yeah I think I'm gonna stop there because otherwise yeah. I could really go down a rabbit hole and many people would be like yeah that's a little too much radical authenticity <laughs> coffee and TikTok we'll just coffee. end it at that one yeah and yeah. I'm recently put myself on TikTok more of a test to see like if my same really there mm-hmm. am I dancing no no do I love dancing absolutely just it, the TikTok dancing is the yeah. I can't do the dancing. I can't do the pointing either. You know how they're like pointing. Um, I can't do. I'll, I'll do maybe a, a show, Vanna White showcase. You know, like oh. and all the words. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'll do that. Like I have other pointing. things to do besides spend two hours trying to line up my finger in this word bubble. <laughs> Not doing it. Um, but I definitely just got on TikTok as well. So I'll follow you. I haven't really done any talks or ticks. I don't know what they're called. I actually don't know what they're called. I feel like like somebody comment and let us know, like email Carrie, what the, what the videos are called. What are they called? What's their content called? Yes. (laughs) Maybe if we were on there more, we'd know. We wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Alea. I'm so happy for you and your husband. You guys are going to have so much fun. Babies are fun. Yes. Just spend a day with my 15 year old and you're going to be like, give me that baby back. Right. Yeah. Every stage is going to be different. That's for it's sure. It's so fun. You're going to have so much fun. Um, babies are, oh, I'm so happy for you guys. It's Thank just, you're you about guys. to like, especially going into the holidays. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm, I'm going to gush. already like trying to plan out like her ho- holiday outfit, the whole family, you mm-hmm. know, because of course yes. we got to match. We're that couple, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, are you going to point, uh, you know, maybe share a photo of this gorgeous child, or are you not going to be a grandma? Oh no, she already has her own Instagram account. Like, oh, fantastic! I, um, because I was like, how are we going to do this? Because my husband is like, loves the gram, and I'm like, my personal quote unquote account is now kind of like my business account, but at Alea Harris, I'm like, right, people didn't come here for all of that. Like, I'm definitely will share, and I was like, she's going to need her own account. So, so it's just smart, it's just good. Yeah. It's a good marketing strategy and messaging. I already oh. got her email set up, whatever. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to be getting her a, um, an LLC name. Like, like I have domains for each yeah. of my kids. Yeah. It was like, I already have your website ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, well, this is so exciting. This is a great way to end. And to, thank you so much for coming, getting carried away with me. I cannot tell you how happy I am, not only for your business, your flourishing marketing business, but now your family is flourishing. Yeah. There's so much growth and, and joy coming your way. I'm really, really happy for you. And thank, thank you. you so much for being here. You're welcome. You're welcome. And and I guess if folks want to find out why I'm beaten by a shaman, they can just give me, just shoot me an email. I'll tell you. Well, email, get on her email list. Cause I bet there's a story there. So now I have to write an email about being beaten up by a shaman. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Carrie Love made it. me do it. That's I got right? carried away and she made me do it. That's right. Now I want everybody to check out the show notes. We have the two freebies. We have her Instagram, the website, all the things, all the places you can get in touch with Alea if you are looking for marketing help. And if you're not, I'm wondering why really, because you need it. We all do. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carrie. Bye.